wanted to say welcome to another Tim Talk. I, I've got some great uh, feedback from people about these talks. I'm going to keep doing them. I'm hoping that they uh, really support people who come to our school and who have been to our school and are thinking about coming to the school to continue doing when, you know some of the work that we teach here. That It's just good sometimes to have a reference. And all my talks come straight from the heart. And they're not rehearsed, so forgive me if they're a little rough on the edges, but they're right from the, right from my soul. Okay, <laughs> um, so this one's going to be called "Defining Moments" or "Amazing Moments" or "Extraordinary Moments" in our childhood that set the stage for us to have that deep, deep connection with nature on a personal level that we so want you to have in this school that I so want you to have um, for the, your whole life. And so many of these moments happen in childhood with no thought about this. Of course, your kid, your kids, how are you going to think? You're not going to sit around thinking when you're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, even teenage years old, these are going to affect me into my future. It's just not something you think about. So what's so important to consider here, and I'm talking to parents here, What's so important to consider is you must let your child out in nature have any, he or she must have time to be free in nature, to roam, to explore, to experience. That's where the teaching happens. And it's one of the most important forms of teaching I know. You, I truly believe in book learning and going to school and being lectured by teachers and taught all the things that are taught. At the end of the day, if you want to learn how to be a good human, if you want to learn who you are, if you want to learn what love and beauty is and magic, and if you want to have wonder in your life and you want to have hope and you want to have creativity and you want to know how to see beauty and experience it and what goodness is and happiness is and fulfillment is and on and on and on, and you must interact with the earth in a natural way and it happens so much in childhood of course throughout our lives it happens and it's important but I'm talking about defining moments in childhood right now so for you as an adult I just spoke to the parents you as an adult if you're an adult listening to this or any any age at any age really uh, I want you to be able to start to think back to your childhood and and find those moments, remember those moments, those moments that changed your life forever. Defining moments, we've talked about in other, other Tim Talks, is a moment when something so profound, so beautiful, so simple and extraordinary happens that it lives within you, it becomes your medicine, it becomes who you are, it lives inside of your being. We call it, it becomes your medicine, your personal medicine. When those moments happen, everything changes forever. You see the world in a new way. You think about the world in a new way. You move in the world in a new way. What gave me the thought about doing this talk the other day is I was just sitting around and, I, and something came to me and I remembered a part of my childhood where, where um, I looked for the first time at the Big Dipper and then after that the Milky Way. And I'd been told about it a lot and I'd looked in a cursory way. You know, my grandfather told me, my mentors told me. I, I looked myself, obviously. 
But there was this moment when it all seemed to be the right timing. And I looked at the Milky Way, and I looked particularly at the Big Dipper, which used to always call to me. Um, and this is what I thought the other night, which made me want to do this talk. Here's what I wrote. I wrote, The Big Dipper sang to my soul the beauty of starlight. I felt the Big Dipper. All my senses were involved. And I, I want to say that if you think about that for a minute, I'll read it one more time. The Big Dipper sang to my soul the beauty of starlight, and I felt the Big Dipper. All my senses were involved. It was that moment. I might have looked at it a thousand times before, but I was ready. And it came into my being, and it, it, it taught me the beauty of starlight. The beauty of starlight. The Big Dipper sang to my soul the beauty of starlight. I felt the Big Dipper and all my senses were involved. So use this as a moment to remind you of any others you had. I looked at the Big Dipper. It came into my eyes. It came down into my body. I knew it on many different intellectual levels as well as feeling levels. Something was powerful and the stars were glimmering and shining. And they rested within me awaken me. And so much that's important about that little saying there is all my senses were involved. When all of our senses get involved, seeing, feeling, uh, hearing, smelling and tasting, when they all get involved, it becomes a spiritual moment. It becomes a defining moment. It becomes a moment when when we're taking in knowledge and information from some subject in nature on, from all the different levels of its being. And that's where it becomes profound within us. So it's also so important in this talk to remember, work on developing your senses. We've already had that talk, I believe. Work on developing your senses and bringing them alive. Because they need work. They need practice. And it's worth it. It's a great joy to do it, so do it. Bring your senses alive. What happens then, once your senses all get involved, you move into your sixth sense, which is like the sixth direction. It's the place you are at any given moment. And your sixth sense is, is that pathway to the spiritual ways of life of the world. With no dogma from any teacher, nothing from any book, nothing from any preacher or anything like that, not that any of that's bad, you learn it from the natural way of learning from going to that place. We almost call it our, the, 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 sixth, the sixth sense is like our, our uh, intuition, our intuitive side. And it connects us to all that is bigger in the world. Whatever your spiritual belief is, whatever you hope it could be, all the unseen world, the things that happen, the living essence of our planet, all of our ancestors who lived before us, all of it's available. We like to say that you enter into like a river. It's called the spirit that moves through all things. And that spirit that moves through all things, it's like a river that goes through all living things. And all that there is, is there for you. And that is where you can go. And when that happens, when that happens along with the five senses and that defining or extraordinary moment, boom, you have it. It's amazing. So... I look back on my life and 
I have to think about certain moments that that did that, you know, certain, and, and they can often be, they don't have to be these profound moments. It can be a simple moment, like um, sitting in my backyard and having squirrels come and visit me. It was an extraordinary moment I used to have. They would come and share their time with me. I remember toads and frogs by the hundreds would hang out with me in my backyard. I remember walking through the woods and I would see a deer and it wasn't, you know, I might see 20 deer, but this one time, this one deer would look at me, something would happen. That's a defining moment. Um, I remember seeing some kids killing lizards in a creek bed and I got defiant and went after them to stop them from killing lizards in a creek bed by throwing rocks at them. That moment set me on a stage in my life where I fought for nature my whole life. I'm 63 now. I fought for nature my whole life from that moment on. I wrote about nature for my whole life, how to protect it, how to care for it. That moment made me a care, an earth caretaker. I found the need to do it. I remember I sat a tree house at a giant oak tree. And that tree house was so important to me. It was like a platform. And I'd sleep up there a lot. And I remember I actually would have deer sleep down underneath. And I remember up top on the platform, I'd have raccoons come and literally sleep next to me on the decking. I had squirrels walk across me. I'd have countless birds come and visit. That was so touching. And then the tree itself, it was a six, seven hundred year old oak tree. Those moments so connected me so deeply to nature that every moment from that point on became more profound, more almost highlighted, almost more alive than it would have been before. So that, that, that's an amazing thing. I remember probably one of the most profound ones for setting me on my path for uh, life as a protector of nature and a teacher was when they came in and I heard these chainsaws going. And my tree, my giant oak tree, called out to me. I was probably half a mile away. It called out to me. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I went. I knew immediately. If I had questioned that, I may not have gone. So often we do that. We question. We stop and we question. Is it real? Is it real? Don't do that. If you feel it, if you hear it, if you see it, if you know it, if you if on some sense, just trust it and go. If you're wrong, so what? And often you're not even wrong anyway. You just have to take more time to figure out what you're going to. I went to that tree and they were cutting it down to sell houses. I grew up in Sunnyvale and it was growing quickly into the Silicon Valley from a rural beautiful place to a world of cement and that changed me forever. I couldn't save the tree. I felt helpless. I felt like I sold it out. I made a lot of decisions at that moment. Some consciously, some unconsciously but they all lived within me and showed up throughout my life. One was Never to sell out another being. The importance of loyalty. And never to sell out another being. I thought about that, and it's rare that it's ever happened in my life. I know the, I learned the value of being committed to a friendship, to a long-term relationship, whether it's with a person, or whether it's with a tree, or a pond, or a rock, or a squirrel, or a dog, or a cat, you name it. I learned that lesson. I also learned that 
the power of love and loss and how profound it can be as a teacher. You can one day love something so much and it can be such a part of you and boom, in an instant, it'll let you go. It's over. It's gone. That taught me how it's so important to enjoy the journey in life because you never know when something's going to shift and change. And I don't mean that it's a bad thing. But it's hard for us humans. We get attached to things. We want them to be the same when they're good. So I've learned the power of giving it my all. Being able to notice with all my senses when something is profound in your life. And milking it, if you will. like Just in a good way. Just getting the most you can out of it. Giving it everything you have. So that it's... it's quality of the time, not the amount of the time that matters the most. It's enjoying the journey, whether it's with an animal, a person, a tree, or whatever. Um, I also had some really tough times as a little, as a kid. I wrote a book called Growing Up with a Soul Full of Nature, and it's about my childhood. And I was lucky. I was raised by uh, a great father and mother who gave me complete and total freedom. Uh, my mother taught me love. My, my father taught me how to work values I could never I, I couldn't imagine my life working without but they also gave me the freedom to have I had two different mentors and another and a third mentor actually three mentors that were with me all the time and I learned through those mentors that my other mentors were the trees the plants the animals so I allowed nature to be my teacher and it, it sounds simple and it is Instead of going out in the woods and just looking at nature, I go out in the woods now, and I took it from that time. Nature is my teacher. And just that little flip in the brain allows you to be a student, a lifetime student, which means you never stop learning. That is so profound in my life, I can't begin to tell you. But I also ran into some bad people. I called them the dark people, the nasty people. And so I don't, I don't, I never want to have my talks become like therapy sessions, you know, or I did, I didn't do it in the book either. So I'll just say, not everything in childhood is always good. Sometimes the, the horrible things that happen to us, those horribly testy moments, as we go through them, we can learn, can also be hugely defining moments if we can get through them and heal through them. Often we human beings get lost in the pain, the sadness, the fear, and the misery. And we never grow out of those places. They plague us forever. They follow us along like we're, you know, like in a, a Christmas carol when Ebenezer Scrooge was, or, or the, was it Ebenezer Scrooge, I think, or was, would pull along the weights from his life. We don't want to do that. That moment, what it did to me, it showed me that I could go to nature for help. That nature would always be there. The trees would always be there. The animals would always be there. So that bad time, that difficult, painful time, turned into a beautiful thing as I grew, because I it was a, it became a defining moment for me. Now I'm not saying I was profound enough in my brain as a kid at eight, nine when that happened to know all that, but it opened up. And you know, you may believe that you have power animals. You might believe that we have spiritual helpers. I do. You know, I don't. I don't it's up to every other every individual to face that question and, and work with it themselves. I truly believe that a bear helped me through that. And I know my dog and my cat helped me through that. And I know my favorite tree helped me through it. So those are defining moments. Won't, now there can also be big moments, huge moments like, oh, 
gosh, like you're walking, you're out in the woods and you you see a whale or you you hear a massive, a profound sound and a tree falls over. And it's like a wow moment. Like what happened? Oh, I just missed that. Or a beautiful creek and you can be swimming in it and all of a sudden you get into trouble and then you get back, you know. Moments that just, they slip out of the baseline of life and and pick a life of their own. And often that can be as simple as like just learning to see beauty, like seeing a profound red in the fall or a profound yellow or something like that or looking through the woods and hearing a sound and then all of a sudden an animal appears in front of you. These moments can be, there can be thousands of them, zillions of them. There's no limit, really. In fact, one of the great shamanic statements we have in shamanism is, earth ways, is no limits. There are no limits. And when you start to think in your life as there are no limits, everything becomes limitless. So sometimes it's just a tweak like that, just a tweak in the brain, just a tweak in the thought pattern. And nature can provide that. One of the things that nature taught me so much growing up and I would call it defining moments, is when I would go off on adventures. No time or place exactly planned. Just go explore. I'd go 10 feet, I'd go 10 miles. And you just look under things and around things and up things and you climb trees and you go up gullies and you go through the brush. Everything you're doing there, you're learning to build your relationship with the earth and along and deepen it. And along the journey, these little profound moments happen, like you see an animal there or a beautiful set of bear tracks there or you know, an animal kill over there where an animal was eaten. You know, and those moments pop out of the journey and they live with you forever. Think back on your life. Think back to moments where things could have changed forever. Think back. I think you'll find there's a lot of them. And if you do that now, if you think back, if you think back to these moments, they'll start to live within you again and they'll remind you and they'll come alive. And they become your medicine. Remember, we talked about medicine, too, in another Tim Talk. They become your personality. They live within you. Now, as an adult, as we grow up, you know, defining moments uh, can be, you know, massive. Like going to college, getting your first job, falling in love, you know, having something happen with health. Um, I remember when I was a kid, one of the biggest defining moments for me, my mentor was my grandfather. One of them. And he lived in... Ronan, Montana, in the middle of the Flathead Indian Reservation, where I spent a lot of summers. And I loved him. And as I got older in my teen years, I didn't see him as much. We used to go from the, the littlest age, like two years old, all through into my early teens, spend weeks every summer. And it was I was with him endlessly. And then we kind of separated as I got older. We didn't go. I don't even know why, really. But he got a disease called hardening of the arteries. And I remember when my grandfather passed away, it was my early teens, my parents didn't really know how to deal with death. They just kind of, it just happened and they kind of let it go. And I think it's really important to learn how the death is, it's like life. We were born, we die. Everything is born, everything dies. And it's that one strange thing that always lives within us. In fact, I had this thought about the stress of life from the minute we're born, we carry a little underlying stress, right? That is, that someday we're going to die. Either an accident, a disease, something's going to happen. 
And it, no, no human being gets away from that. No animal gets away from that. No tree gets away from that. And it's really, if you think about it, it's kind of strange. You have to live with the fact that you're going to die someday. And, but you know, if no one talks about it when you grow up, if you don't learn about it, you don't deal with it. That's why our, a lot of our older cultures had beautiful ceremonies around death and, and beautiful altars for people that would die. Ways of honoring the beauty of that experience, even though it could still be terrifying. Because if you love life so much, it's hard to imagine letting go of it. Well, my grandfather died. No one talked about it. But that was huge, defining, extraordinary moment for me. Because what I had to do, what I did do, is I went out and I built an altar to him. And I sat in nature and sang to him and talked to him for sometimes long periods of time. And I felt like he was listening. And, I, and, and that helped me to deal with death and to move through it. And as a result of that, I believe, um, along with all the other deaths I experienced from animals that I hunted or saw killed or trees or plants, all of these things, but my grandfather brought all of those ones before to that peak experience, that moment, I, I realized that somewhere in my being, not so much in my conscious mind, although it was there too, um, that even though death was going to come someday and it might come in 10 minutes or it might come in 90 years, I haven't lived in fear of it in my life I've had a good relationship with it and that has allowed me to be freer to let go of the, the, the weight that that can put upon a person that's very big defining moment so they come in all kinds of ways Just another simple one could be just learning to see colors more brightly and, and more profoundly in nature, there's so many variations of colors. Just look at green alone. Well, imagine if you have these moments in, where, where you have these profound moments where you see so brightly that it affects you in such a, in a magnificent way as the colors come into your being and live in you. For the rest of your life, it's like you're, you're living in this profound world that just jumps, off, jumps into you all the time. It's, it's an amazing thing. So it's your job, not mine to tell you. It's your job to figure out what these moments are, what they were, how they're living in you, and and then acknowledge them, maybe write about them, maybe sing a song about them. And now, as you move forward in life, think more and more about these defining moments. But whether in childhood, whether it was good, whether it was bad, whether it was ugly, whether it was pretty, it doesn't matter. They're, they happened, and to acknowledge them is to claim for yourself these moments as something that can live within you and affect your life in a positive way as you go forward. Um, one other thing I wrote at that same time, it was interesting, because I was, as I, when I wrote the other piece I just read to you, was I thought about um, to good, the word good, to know good. And... <clears throat> And what I realized was, in thinking about this talk, is why are some people just good people? You know, why do, it seems like there's so few people that are just good. They just do the right thing, no matter what. And even if they do the wrong thing, they have a way of making it right. That's, you don't meet many people like that in, in life, you know? And I'd like to think I'm one of those. And I, I ask myself, where, where did that come from? Where did I get that 
depth of conscience, that depth of caring, that depth of love, that depth of awareness to, to try to live in a good way. And I think I learned it in nature, what the idea of good is, what good is. It's such a simple little word, but it has such, it's so profound. Imagine in this troubled world we live in today where we see so much greed and narcissism and negativity and violence and hatred and prejudice, so many things that aren't good. If your relationship with nature can teach you to be all-inclusive and let the world be okay around you, be good, just be a good person, then that could have been the most defining moment of all in a childhood. And so I wrote this piece, to know good is to reach a high point, a mountaintop, if you will. Explore and enjoy that mountaintop. Hurt no one. To know good is to reach a high point, a mountaintop, if you will. Explore and enjoy that mountaintop. Hurt no one. That came to me at the end, to hurt no one. I thought, we so often in this world, we see so many people hurting people, plants, animals, and things. That has to be in there. If your actions are going to matter, if they're going to make a difference in the world and in your life, they have to be actions that aren't harmful. So, defining moments in our childhood. Back to the parents as I wrap up. Let your kid go out and play. Put your false fear away. Let them climb trees. Let them jump in the creeks and the rivers. Let them have that time. If they don't get it, they will suffer in their adulthood. And they may never get it. Not that they can't, but they may never. The world is filled with people that just don't. So let them out there. And you adults, look back on your childhood. And remember some of these moments. Write about them. Sing about them. Think about them. And give them a little more life. Let them come alive more in you. And, and then explore. Explore your life. And, and see how they have affected you. Notice it. Own it. In that process, you'll, it'll be so profound for you that you'll now start to move into the world of adult life and knowing that the same thing, defining moments, extraordinary moments, can come alive in you as an adult and change your life forever. And I think we had a Tim talk on that too. Thanks for listening.